Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you uh, for being with me today. It's going to be a wonderful hour. If you are wondering how to trust God in troubled times, maybe you just um, come to the right hour today, because if you've been thinking about it or struggling with it, uh, my guest today will help you with that a great deal. Uh, Pastor and Dr. Tim Jeffreyon is my guest today. Um, He's written a book, a brand new book, called What Can We Expect from God Now? Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Tim is a pastor and a speaker and a trainer and a coach and just about does it all. And right now he is in the great state of Hawaii, so I'm going to try to curb my jealousy. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be with you. Yes. Close that door so I don't hear the sound of that ocean breeze coming in the, the window. That would make me mad today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'll do, do the best I can. I've got all the curtains drawn. Thank and, you. And uh, the, the air conditioner is cranked up so that I'm really cold right now, but I can't <laughs> produce snow. I'm working on that. All right. I want to let our audience uh, get to know you a little bit ahead of this uh, discussion we're going to have. Um, There was a time in your life where you almost lost your faith. Oop, did I lose you? Yeah, no, I'm here. We had a little gap. I don't know why, but I'm I'm here. Okay. Did you hear the question? Yeah. Uh, I heard heard the beginning of it. It was a time when I almost lost my faith. And what was the second part of that? Yeah, that was the whole, uh, that was the whole uh, question was, Tell our listeners a little bit about that experience when you almost lost your faith. Yeah, this this was a tough time. I went through a tough time for, you know, I would say 10 years when uh, this life was not turning out the way that I thought it was going to. And I was a pastor of a church and I was all, you know, psyched up to, to really do great things for God and got into ministry, and boy, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and it was much harder than I thought it was going to be. Then people started dying in the church, and I was diagnosed with a, a fatal disease. And I fortunately, I got healed from that, but I didn't know that at the time. But the really the toughest part for me was when my mom got Alzheimer's disease. And it was so painful to watch her mm. suffer and suffer and suffer. It didn't make any sense to me. So that's, you know, this was went through this whole long process of just one big disillusionment and trying to figure out what was going on and what could I expect from God and could I expect anything from God? And, and I didn't want to be a fool about it, and, but I didn't want to be unfaithful. I felt really torn and confused and it was a tough period of time. Tim, I think you're speaking to a lot of listeners right now. I mean, it certainly seems that you're hitting on a lot of very hot topics. You've got 
that you, you had a personal illness that you didn't know what sounded fatal and you didn't know if, what was going to happen there. Mm-hmm. You had uh, a right. loved one that you had to watch suffer that didn't seem to make a lot of sense, and that's always difficult. And there was this constant kind of disappointment, which does have people questioning, is God good and can I trust him? Yeah, that's right. It, it certainly seems that's that right. when you're sharing faith, your faith with God, that uh, with people about God, that is one of the questions that seems to come up often. Is God good because of what he allows in, in life, and can he be trusted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that nails it pretty well, Bill. And people have different kinds of responses to that. And and there's a whole intellectual theological approach, which is which is valuable to try to to understand why there's evil in the world and and the part that human beings play. I mean, a great deal of our suffering comes from our own doing, our mm-hmm. own sin, as the Bible calls it, or the sin of other people doing it to us or to one another. And there's a lot of that, of course. And um, but that doesn't explain everything. I mean, in the big picture, we. We really don't fully understand. I mean, I don't think I fully understand, and I think most theologians would have to admit in the end that there's there, the evil in the world is something that's, you know, we certainly wish weren't here, but we just keep wanting to say, God, isn't there a better way? Couldn't you have done this differently or better? And we can't ever get to an answer other than, you know, deciding to to trust God um, or not. And that, that was my big breakthrough, Bill, is when I realized that I was never going to get to a satisfactory answer intellectually or logically. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, I'd love to jump in a, a little bit of some of the, the truths that you uh, discovered uh, on how to trust God during uh, troubling times, because I, I know there's m- most listeners have got something on their plate that's very troubling. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and where would you like to jump in? Well, you want me to jump I, in? I, I was thinking maybe we'd start with maybe our own uh, limited ability to to understand uh, the ways of God. Yeah. Well, that's spiritual truth number one. Is is when I when I come at God, you know, because I'm angry that things aren't going the way I think they should, or I think God let me down and. And which is like a normal human response, there's a certain arrogance in that that just doesn't make sense if we step back. I mean, when I think about, like, who am I, this little peon in the universe, hmm. arguing with the creator and saying, uh, wait, you, you made a mistake here. This should be different. Like, just think of the arrogance of that. Mm-hmm. And then and you look at Scripture, and it, Scripture actually says, you know, in various places, but in Isaiah 55, a well-known couple of verses, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And and there's a certain amount of humility here I found to be extremely helpful. It's not an answer to the problem, but it helped me step back from my railing against God to recognize uh, there's probably a lot going on that I don't understand. And it doesn't mean I'm right and God's wrong. When I think about the idea that God has information about my life that I don't have, 
that alone should make me say, I need to trust you, even though what I'm seeing in front of me is troubling, confusing, and maybe doesn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And and I think that's just this, it's, you know, that, that's the personal approach. I mean, thinking about God knows about my life, but but part of the humility uh, that I think we're called to is to recognize that God is concerned about the entire universe. The world does not revolve around me. And so there are a lot of things going on that are way, way beyond, you know, uh, my particular life. And so looking to God and, 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 and reaching out and saying, God, what are you doing? Not just in my life, but what are you doing more broadly in the world uh, that you want me to be more aware of? Mm-hmm. So um, I want to make uh, take full advantage of you, Tim, this hour, and I also want to let listeners know that, uh, you know, you do a, a lot of uh, spiritual life and leadership coaching, and what would be a, a question to ask listeners uh, to get them to want to write in with uh, a thought or a question for further exploration? Well, I think starting place is like, where are you struggling right now? I mean, I'm assuming if somebody's listening, they're probably a follower of Christ. I mean, they have faith in God, they have faith in Christ, and they're just having a really hard time. And it it could very well be because of the pandemic, um, or it could be more broadly because of any number of, of issues right now. And where is the, where are they really feeling that? struggle or tension or alienation even from God that's that's interfering with their spiritual life. It, and to name that and then to turn that into some kind of question is what what is it that they would like to know that they think might that might really help them uh to in their relationship with God right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you let's rephrase that. If you are in a uh, is it a stuck point? Was that a fair enough way of putting it, Tim? Yeah, that's exactly the word in my in my, in my head. If you're feeling stuck right now in your mm-hmm. relationship with God, um, what kind of answer are you looking for? Yeah, that's a great uh, question to pose to listeners. Let let me know what your question might be to uh, ask uh, Tim. You can send me a text eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four again eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Dr. Tim Jeffrey on. His book is What We Can Expect from God Now, Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Be right back. That didn't take very long. We're already back, which is awesome. We're talking to Dr. Tim Jeffrey on today. He's written a book called What We Can Expect from God Now, Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. And if you feel like you're spiritually a little stuck right now, he's a great spiritual life coach and pastor and mentor. And um, if you're stuck, what is, what is it that you think you need? Send me a text. Let me know. We can discuss it on the air. 877 933 84 again 8779332484 uh Tim I think another uh, great principle or a great truth is 
we need to live with a sense of expectancy that God is going to be at work in our life, leading us and guiding us. Absolutely, Bill. And what I find that in my own life, and this is where I really came to realize how the importance of this principle is that uh, I find myself going one of two directions. You know, one is just expecting God to to guide, and so almost getting paralyzed, like waiting for the guidance. Okay, God, I pray, I pray, and pray. And it's like, but I'm not getting any word. And waiting for word, not hearing anything, and so that I almost get paralyzed to immobility. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll flip to the other side, other extreme, and I know others do too. And it's almost to the point of, of where you say, "God's not going to say anything or do anything for me. I'm just going to do it myself. If He wants to intervene, he can, He's welcome to jump in here. But otherwise, I'm just going to go forward." And I think that's sometimes my response. And and uh, what I've learned by really looking at script sure about this is it's is that those two extreme responses are not helpful um if you want to walk by the spirit if you want to walk and follow jesus and what i mean by that is is that expecting god to work does not mean passivity it means that i'm going to engage i'm going to take responsibility to to try to assess the situation make my best decision about what to do but i'm going to go slowly enough if i can and listening for God and ask God to guide and then trust that God's going to guide me in my process of discernment, step by step, and then step forward with some boldness, not because I'm fed up with waiting on God, but because I trust that God's really been part of the process and is going to lead me. Uh, Very wise. I I like that a lot, just that you are... um... When you were talking, Tim, it made me think of black and white thinkers, where it's one mm-hmm. or the other. There's <laughs> there's not a lot of gray area. Right. People go, well, God's not going to be sending me a message, so I'm just going to go do it myself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will function that way. Oh, I know they do. Because, you know, <laughs> there's no question about it. And, but it's really, it, I call it a both-and approach. It's both I take responsibility and I trust God to be at work. And I'm kind of a make-it-happen type person by personality, and that's hard for me to slow down, to really try to listen to God, for God and to be open to change my way of thinking. You know, If I get input along the discernment process that suggests something's not right and needs modification, but boy, the results have been so much better when I do that the both-and approach rather than, you know, either extreme. Yeah, the both and. I, I would love for you to continue down that road if you've got more to say on that, because I think that's a message that we all need to hear again and again. Well, I think, that, that, you know, here we're here, there's two things that need to be developed in order to do, you know, a good both and approach to life. On the one side, everybody needs to learn how to be a more competent decision maker. You know what? What does it take to to do the proper research, to get the proper input, to you know seek input from wise people, to check out circumstances? So, so that takes some maturity in order to learn how to make good decisions, and at the same time, to learn how to slow ourselves down, to read scripture, to pray, to listen to the Spirit. These are all things that most Christians 
have heard plenty you know from the pulpit but in actual practice for for a lot of us it's hard to really feel like i'm really doing it especially if i'm not getting the results right away that i think and so what that means then is be be confident that when you're listening to scripture and you're you are listening maybe you're journal writing you're talking to a trusted friend uh, or pastor um, that wisdom will come and if it doesn't feel right or seem right to you, then maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. So just go slow and use use your mind as well as your heart, as well as your gut and the input you're getting until you get to that place where you feel as peaceful as possible that that the step you're considering taking seems like the best one. And you may not have 100% confidence, but you've done the work, so now take the step. But trust that God's going to work in it, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's that. I think that's what I would add on is develop each dimension in, in your maturation process, mm-hmm. and then trust. Yeah. All right, Tim. Here's a, a um, message from a listener. Uh, Stuck is a good word for where I am at. What does it mean to trust God? It can't mean to trust Him that He will always keep us safe or alive or from hard things. Are we trusting that whatever happens is God's will, so everything is just working out the way it is supposed to happen? Hope the question makes sense. Oh, the question makes total sense. Yeah, I, great thank question. you very much for that. That great question, really great question. And I'll tell you honestly, this is this this I have been on this journey for you know, ever since I started in ministry forty years, almost forty years ago. Uh, to to try to determine what is it exactly that I can trust God for, because He didn't save my mom, He didn't save my friends, college, people that were dying, and I thought, okay, I I had the wrong idea, and so what is the right idea? Well, for me personally, my answer to that question is is I I back off of the the absolute statements that I, that some people make, like, well, whatever happened was supposed to happen. And I know that brings a lot of comfort to people. And, and I know I suppose it would for me too, but I just can't quite go there because of the presence of evil in the world and all the terrible things that happen. I want to leave room to be really sad and to grieve because that's how God made me when, when terrible things happen. And I think that's part of my humanity. So without getting too complicated here, I don't say that, that what happens is what God wants automatically because there's too much evil in the world for me to believe that. But when I say I trust God is that I believe God is at work in my life for good. And even in my mistakes and my failures, and even when people do bad things to me, God can use that for good. Now, if I lose my life, that'll be the end. Um, but and not everything is good, but God can bring good out of my experiences. And that's what I trust more than anything else, is that every day, every day, I believe that God will speak to me and guide me and, and use me for good in the world and will bring good out of my hardships. And that that basically a positive attitude towards life and the world and God is so energizing and hopeful. So that's at the core. And at the periphery, I leave as unanswered questions. 
how it all fits together and whether X, Y, or Z really is what God wanted or not. I just, I just can't be dogmatic about that. Mm-hmm. Hope that makes sense. It does. makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that very thoughtful answer. Um, another uh, comment. Welcome. I'm 86 years old. I'm weak. I'm by myself. I need help. I want understanding, but I'm afraid to ask. That's a stuck place and a very scary stuck place to be. Yeah. And, and is it, again, I, I'd like to know, is he or she afraid to ask God for help or, or to ask other people for help? I don't know. Because in my both, in, in my both and paradigm, I would think both are necessary is to... Oh, are you still? Oh, is there anybody, a neighbor, a, a friend, somebody that I met? I mean, you're reaching out today asking for help. So good for you. That's a beautiful I mean, thing. That, that yeah. is asking for help. And, and just keep doing that. And, and, then, and then ask. I think that's what I would ask God. God, where could I find the help that I need? Because I don't know where to go, where to look. And there are lots of resources out there, a lot of people who want to help. And it may lead you to calling the church or calling um, someone else. So I, I couldn't give you a concrete answer for you in particular, but I can say asking the question and believing there is help somewhere um, is, is important for you and how you're thinking about this situation. Yeah, I certainly want to celebrate the effort. I mean, here's an 86-year-old person texting me this message to my afternoon radio show. So you yeah. are you are making absolutely a huge step. Yeah. So, so again, who else could you reach out to with a text or a phone call or email today and think about concretely what help would you like a visit, a call, uh, groceries? I don't know what it might be. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Worst case scenario, they don't answer your email or they, or they say no. Yeah. And, and you're no farther behind. Tim, I can almost promise that there's probably 300 listeners right now that that would love to go help or do something or be and sit and talk and pray. Um, that's just the way the body of Christ operates. That's right. That's All right. right Bill. Let me take a short break. If you feel stuck and you, you don't know what the next step is and you want to ask a question or, of God, what would it be? Let me know what it is. I got some great questions coming in for Dr. Tim Jeffrey on 877-933-2484. The book he wrote is called What We Can Expect from God Now, Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Let's get it started. Jump in your 
Welcome back. I'm so glad to have Dr. Tim Jeffrey on as my guest. If you're wondering how he spells his last name, it is spelled with a G, G-E-O-F-F-R-I-O-N, Jeffreyon. He's written uh, a book called What We Can Expect from God Now, Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. All right, uh, let's see. I've got some more really good questions coming in here, Tim. So Yeah. Um, And now I just clicked them away. (laughs) I can't believe that happened. This is live radio, so that's too bad. Um, I have to get back on here. Just give me a second. Uh, All right, here's a question that came in. Uh, Feeling stuck. Why did you abandon me when things were so hard? That would be my question. I intellectually know he was there, but my spirit still cries out for an answer. Oh man, I, I really feel for this, this, uh, caller or texture. Um, you know, that's, this is a experience that John of the cross wrote about when he wrote about the dark night of the soul. Um, and, and others have written about, and I remember my grandfather had that experience at the very end of his life. And, he said, you know, I always believe that God, the Lord said he would always be with me. And, but he's not right now. That was his perception. He knew intellectually, like you, that, uh, that the Lord is there, but he didn't feel the Lord, didn't sense the Lord. And that was really hard on him. And there is no easy answer for this kind of question. It's, it's a huge test of faith. I don't believe it's a test that God's sending to you to necessarily to evaluate you. That's not what I mean. But I mean, it's a test in the sense of it's a trial, it's a difficulty. And, and I know that for, for me, when I went through the situation with my mom's Alzheimer's and her suffering, that I finally got to the point where I realized I was going to go one of two or three directions. And if I just kept on the, on the path of, of doubting, it, for me, it was leading to bitterness. Now, you're not saying that. It may not be true for you, but that's what it was for me. And that felt miserable. And I, and I was crying out for answers. God, why did you let this happen to my mother? I mean, she was a wonderful person and nobody loved me like my mother. And I felt, I felt horrible about it. And, but I realized that since there was not going to be an answer for this question, that my human response was not good and it was getting worse. And when I finally realized that I was never going to get an answer for that or you know, proof of anything about that, I finally, what was finally freeing was realizing that I I could choose to trust in God. And by, by just letting go of a question I could not answer, like, why didn't you save her? And just let it go and say, well, what can I take hold of that's worthwhile? And it was looking for what God does offer. Where is God now for me? And is God available to me? now and when i made that shift suddenly it was like this this huge load off of my shoulders and and i and i chose trust in god and it was it was so enlivening and hopeful and joyful again and i will always have those questions i can't answer but they no longer had the power over me and they no longer do have the power over me that they once did so that's i mean and i talk about i share that story in the in the conclusion of my book so it will go into more detail for you if you're interested. Mm-hmm. 
Here's another um, listener saying, I, I need a close Christian friend. I'm usually just being a friend to others. I realize Jesus is truly my best friend, but I just feel kind of left out that I don't have really good friends. That that's so hard. It's heartbreaking. That's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking, and and I want, first of all, I want to say you're not alone, because there are a lot of people in the world who feel that way, and it's it's tough. It's really tough. And I, what what I've seen that's been most helpful is to do just what you did. I mean, you you put it out there, and you're willing to say this is what's so hard for you. You go to God and you pray about it and you ask God to show you what you haven't been able to see so far, to bring a friend, bring a friend into your life. And I imagine you would, your, your response might be, well, I've been doing that for years and it's not working. And uh, I don't, I can't, I can't say how God's going to eventually answer it, but I will say in my own life, in my times of great loneliness and emptiness, when I've gone to God and prayed and I've been willing to look in new directions um, and uh, I mean, whether it's the, the church or people around me or be able to reach out in new places, I've been so pleasantly surprised. And, and so I, I want to hold out hope for you, but without trying to give you an easy answer and to say that there, that you do need it. And I think it's not, it's not Jesus or friends. You need both because you're human. And Jesus wants you to have friends. Uh, I'm sure of that. Um, but I don't know where they're going to come from necessarily. But keep looking for sure and keep praying. Mm-hmm. Keep reaching out. Take initiative. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim, there's another uh, listener saying, I, I was married. My ex-wife left me in 2016. I was in crisis, but God got a hold of my heart, humbled me. And I surrendered completely to God, learned that he can save my marriage if I give it to him. I stood in the gap for her, praying for her and the man she was with in adultery for two years and had no contact with her. Eventually, it was just too much to bear and I let it go. What do I do with that when it comes to God's promises for marriage? When I was so certain he was telling me, he was going to save it. Was I wrong? Well, again, this is, is, a, is so much pain in in this comment, and I again, I uh, commend you for for speaking the pain you're experiencing and the confusion that you're feeling. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to step back at this. And it might, what helps me sometimes, step back from the situation and imagine that you're a pastor or a counselor or just a good friend of someone else, and they're telling you this story. What would you counsel them? What might you say when you listen to, to yourself in the voice of somebody else uh, speaking? Um, it seems to me that, that you know the answer to that question about being wrong. And, and so the next question would be, well, how could you have been mistaken because you thought you heard the voice of God? I can't answer that question. The power, our, our desire to, for certain things to happen sometimes is so strong that we, we convince ourselves something's the voice of God and it isn't. And so 
be humble enough to recognize that that is what could have happened. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, but I'll tell you something else, too, that I've learned that, that that's in addition to what I've already said about being humble and being willing to accept that, that you probably made a mistake and you're hearing the voice of God. And that is sometimes in my experience, I have found that or I believe that God gives me an idea or at least allows me to have my idea that may be wrongheaded, but it's it sends me off in a direction that is actually very fruitful for me. So here you spent two years practicing standing in the gap, praying, being patient, and no, the outcome did not was not what you wanted by any means. But you experienced something. I don't know what, what, but it just think and reflect on that. What was it like to pray and to pray and to, to have this positive, good intention for your wife? And is there something that you can take from that experience in terms of prayer that can apply to some other situations? Now, you might be afraid to do that because you think, oh, maybe I'll be wrong again. But don't be afraid. Spiritual growth is a process of learning. And I think there's something for you to learn from where you may have misunderstood God, but there's also something you can learn that was right about your two years of praying and, and searching. And there's a lot you learned and probably insight you gained. So don't look back now as much as, as look forward and take whatever you can from that experience and see how it might be, it can be applied to something good in mm-hmm. the future. Tim, I don't know if you've heard this story. It's probably one of my favorite non-biblical stories, illustrations, and it's a fictitious conversation God's having with this man, and he says, I want you to push against this huge boulder. So the guy says, yeah, I'll, I'll be obedient, and he pushes and pushes and pushes, and six months turns into a year, and he is so frustrated after a year of doing this that he cries out to God in anger and frustration and says, I've been pushing against this huge boulder, like you said, for a year, and I haven't been able to move it an inch. And God said, I didn't ask you to move it. I asked you to push against it. (laughs) And the whole idea was, in that year, you developed uh, disciplines, perseverance, um, and maybe now you're more equipped to take on something else that God has for you in the future, or maybe to revisit something that you needed strength for that you didn't have. Bill, that, that's really that's really what I was saying, is that this caller had a, you know, a certain desired outcome, of course, but, but again, what did they learn in this uh, from the experience? And again, remember humility. We don't, we're not, we don't understand or hear the voice of God perfectly. We we'd like to, and we think we do sometimes, but we're in the midst of a of a, of a grand mystery, and we're. We're seeking to find our way uh, with so much that's unknown. But there is so much that's known, too, and that's what you rely on. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, let's talk about uh, the, the fact that it's important we can we need to expect God to uh, strengthen our faith and build our character. And that, like you say in your book, he will restore your hope th- maybe through suffering. Yeah, that's right. And... I think one of the most important transitions we need to make in maturing spiritually is to move from thinking of God as 
he's there for me because I'm the center of the universe. Now, we would never dare to say that, but that's how we're functioning. You know, you know God is, is he, he's the ATM machine in the sky or he's the, you know, the genie in the bottle. Or In other words, he's there for me. And, and I believe God is there for you. But what scripture teaches us is that we are called to serve God's purposes and God's purposes, according to Romans 8, 29, are to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, how does that happen exactly? Well, it happens through suffering, hardships, trials. It's not a magic where God just zaps us. It comes through a process of actual growth. I mean, take look at any athlete. They may have a dream of playing in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, but believe me, there are an awful lot of practices and bloody knees and bloody noses and you know, <laughs> scuffed up elbows that have to go into preparing to be able to compete at that level. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same way spiritually. And that's, and in my experience has been, it's through the suffering, the hardships, the disappointments, that's where I've been tested. And when, where I have to make a choice over and over again, am I going to become bitter? Am I going to just say, okay, God, forget it. Or, or just get stuck in my unhappiness. Or am I going to keep going back to God and saying, all right, God, please use this to, to, to shape my character, my faith, my ability to persevere, to make me stronger, in other words, so that I can know you better, love you better, serve you better, and ultimately become more and more like Jesus Christ. And so that's, the more we can focus on that, I think that can direct our prayers, can help us let go, eat more easily of our, of our disappointments. Mm-hmm. Our friend that uh, prayed so diligently for his wife for two years said that I followed up with a text to me saying, my closeness, closeness with God became amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. So if you're feeling, we're talking about, yeah, that's right. Thank you. If you're feeling stuck and you got a concern or a question for Dr. Tim Jeffrey on, let me know what it is. You can send a text over. We have time for a few more. 877-933-2484. 877-933-2484. Tim's book is called What We What <laughs> What We Can Expect from God Now. Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Be right back. I'm back with Dr. Tim Jeffreyan. He's written a book called What We Can Expect from God Now. Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Uh, Tim had some great questions come in, some great concerns from uh, listeners, so I really appreciate your very gentle, sensitive kind of approach. It's like when you start talking, I, I, I lean in, which is uh, really a nice quality. Um, but let's talk a little bit of of the principle of trusting God, we should expect more peace as we put our anxieties in God's incredible and capable hands. Say more about that, if you would, from your book. That, that what I was focusing on there was um, developing the spiritual discipline of, of 
going to God with our requests and leaving them there. And this is based on Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, really 4 through 9. If you look at all those verses, if you want to get more insight into how, how a person can get to peace in the midst of anxiety. Those are the, my favorite verses for that on that subject. And what I mean by spiritual discipline is, is that I found it helpful to actually, instead of running away from, or just trying to thrash away at my problems and worries to take some deep breaths and identify what exactly am I worried about? Am I afraid my, my son's going to, going to die? Am I afraid that my daughter's going to you know, lose her faith and salvation? Am I afraid that, that I'm going to uh, lose my job? I mean, but name it, whatever, whatever it might be. That, that's troubling you right now and and move toward it as best that you can. And what I mean by that is, is really try to look at it and say, I, and tell yourself, I, I can handle this fear and I, I can handle at least looking at it. And what is it? What is it as big as I think as it, as it is? Should it, is it actually bigger or is it really smaller or how big is it? And then, Scoop it up to you know, as best you can in your mind, in your heart, and, and present it to God. Name it one by one. Not just what you want to have happen, but talk about what you're afraid of. Um, and then name it. And then Philippians 4 tells us, do it with thanksgiving. What does that mean? That means in the context of praying, recall how much you have to be thankful for so while you're expressing anxiety, remember how God has acted in your life before and, and think about how much help and encouragement you've received through other dark and difficult, fearful times. Draw upon that with thanksgiving as you present the new requests and let the Holy Spirit work in that prayer process. It's a big word here, Bill. It's process versus just outcome oriented. Mm -hmm. So don't just... Go to prayer just trying to say, How, what, what do I need to say or do to get what I want here because I'm so desperate or afraid? They're not bad things. It's just that we're too focused on that. And be, be more spiritual discipline is be engaged in a process of connecting with God about what I'm concerned about. Let me say that again. The goal of the, of the spiritual discipline is to connect with God, that God may be there with you in your suffering. Without the answer, prior to the answer, without the out, without knowing what the outcome will be, but you're seeking His presence, connection, and then leaving with Him what you cannot control yourself. Hmm. And what Paul says is, there's a peace that surpasses understanding that comes from that. Really good. All right, here's another uh, concern from a listener. I'm having good moments and bad moments where I feel like it's possible to push through and get close to God. And then there's times when I feel like it's just impossible and it's all a game. My heart feels cold and I want to become tender again. Well, this might be a really good time for you to stop pushing through. What would happen if you just stopped pushing and just said to God, God, I, you know me, I'm bouncing back and forth and I'm losing motivation and losing heart, but you know, I want you please do in me what I cannot do in myself. I bet I pray that two or three times a day, most days, every week, 
It's been so helpful to me. And it, God, please do in me what I cannot do for myself. Please draw me to you because I can't push enough to get there on my own. Mm, so good. All right, Tim, here's another uh, listener. I'm a woman, aged 27, raised in the church. I faced a lot of challenges growing up, losing my abusive and absent father before the age of 10, having a mother who struggled with mental illness and battling depression, anxiety, myself are just a few. I recently ended a 10-year relationship that I thought would lead to marriage but didn't. I have faith in my Lord, but why do I seem to uh, always having chaos going on in my life? I want nothing but peace and positivity, so I don't understand why life always seems so hard. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I work in... Uh, you didn't mention it, Bill, but, but I, before COVID, spent you know six, seven, eight months a year in underdeveloped countries, and I I meet with so many people, my students that I teach there, and so many of them are the life is so difficult every day of their lives for many different reasons. Uh, this is not meant to be a, a, a you know a, a flip answer at all, but but why would you think your life wouldn't be difficult? Honestly, if you step back and look at the whole world and how much suffering there is, it seems to be that's the norm. So what I think maybe if you could reframe that that question, if you're willing, if you're open, instead of saying, why is my life so hard? It's, it's, it's saying, Lord, what? how is it that you could work, Lord, or how do you want to work in my life because or since you've allowed me to have a life that's so hard. And instead of seeking the life that isn't hard, seek the redemption and the God's working in the midst of a hard life. And this may just be part of your calling. Again, I'm not, I don't want to over spiritualize it and I'm not minimizing how much pain you've been through. I can't imagine you are going to need, and you probably have gotten support from, professional you know, therapists and pastors and Christian friends. You, in order to deal with the trauma you've had to, to go through, I can't imagine. But, but don't focus on how hard it's been as if you've been singled out. You haven't been. Instead, focus on what is still possible. And that may actually grow out of your suffering to offer hope and encouragement to someone else. Mm-hmm who needs the understanding you can give them that somebody else couldn't. That's how I would approach it for myself. Mm, I like that. Uh, Tim, there's another comment that came in. This is not really a question, but just a result of this discussion we've had today. Uh, I just spent the last 10 minutes sobbing, confessing and repenting of my anger and frustration toward God for not having the answers that I have wanted. Day one of letting go of my need for answers and continuing to trust it with him. Wow. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, whoever sent that in. Thank you for, that's a blessing mm-hmm. to hear how God's work working mm-hmm. in you today. Thank you. And another very gracious listener uh, wants to reach out and connect to um, the caller that was uh, 86 years old and lonely. So, they're going to oh. have a conversation. How lovely is that? Fabulous. Yeah. 
That is that. See that, that that's how I see God at work in the midst of suffering. Me too. Is is just to believe that wonderful things can can happen if we let go of our attachment to the one thing that we think we really want. Step back and look for God to work in some surprising ways. Mm-hmm. Um, been a wonderful hour, Tim. This has been really really good. Thank you for taking the time yeah. and and sharing your talent with us today. It's my my pleasure, Bill. I I, I there's no, I could not imagine spending the hour in any better way. It's yeah. been a blessing. It's been great. So let me point people once again to your book. It's called What We Can Expect from God Now, Seven Spiritual Truths for Trusting God in Troubled Times. Dr. Tim Timothy Jeffreyon has been my guest. Tim, have a wonderful rest of the day. It's uh, You're four hours behind me right now, so you still have much of the afternoon left to go in the sunny state of Hawaii. So have a great day. Thank you very much, Bill. Yep. Great talking to you. Yep. Look Likewise. forward to the next time. Yep. That wraps up our show for the day. It's been a fantastic day, a fantastic hour. Thanks again uh, for all the amazing comments and that you were texted in during this hour. Really, I'm praying for you tonight as we're uh, wrapping up here, and I will continue to pray for you and that God will meet you in your time of need and give you what you what you need exactly. So put your head on the pillow tonight. Know that God is working out his great plan in your life. And then tune in tomorrow with me. I look forward to spending time with you then. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.